Welcome to the Sparky Life Podcast with Leah Lamella. Thank you for joining me every Thursday for tantalizing trade tales, compelling craftsman stories of struggle, heartache, and unparalleled success in blue-collar careers. I share with you my electrical journey, experiences, and insight through engaging banter with those I've met along the way. If you're interested in trade tales, an industry fraught with excitement and risk, subscribe and be notified every Thursday when trade tales continue. Hello, I've got a riveting tale for you today. This tale is actually known. Let's see if you can place what trade tale this is. Many of the fallen were only able to be identified by the contents of their pockets. The basic requirement in the design of any structure is that it should safely support all loads during construction. In 1977, West Virginia underwent a massive expansion of its power grid. A series of cooling towers were being constructed to span the entire state. These towers are chimney-like in an hourglass shape. How does one build such a structure towering hundreds of feet into the air and weighing thousands of tons? The answer is skilled craftsmen, steelworkers, carpenters, laborers. These skilled craftsmen built a scaffolding structure that was designed by engineers in order to successfully construct these towers. The scaffolding framework was rather complex. The scaffolds were physically attached to the rising building. This is different from more common scaffolding methods, where the structure is typically mounted to the ground. In this case, the scaffolding was made up of jump-form beams, anchor assemblies, framework platforms with pulley systems, and the scaffolding was designed to move upward after each succeeding layer of the wall was poured with concrete. Since the curation of concrete pounds per square inch is so important, you'd think the construction company would be testing consistently to make sure the concrete strength is correct and can withhold the weight of the rising wall. As construction progressed, it was apparent that there were serious safety concerns. In fact, the site had been fined several times for safety violations. However, it was easier and cheaper for the company to just pay the fines instead of addressing the safety issues. Most of the tradesmen were unaware of the growing danger. At 6 a.m. in the year 1978, the men on site prepared to pour a new layer of concrete for the cooling tower. As they did so, you could hear crackling and screams. The inner work platform peeled away. 51 workers at 175 feet in the air fell to the earth beneath them. Workers below could only watch helplessly as men plummeted into the hollow of the building. The tower had collapsed into a heap. Many of the fallen 
were only able to be identified by the contacts of their pockets. There were no survivors. Pleasant Power Station was successful at constructing previous towers in this fashion. Why had it failed this time? According to the National Bureau of Standards, the concrete wasn't given enough time to cure in order to support the weight of these loads. OSHA, who were already aware of safety violations on site prior to this horrific event, reported rather than following the planned positioning of the cranes in order to build the scaffolding, different positioning was used to allow more buckets of concrete to be filled and lifted, thus constructing the tower more quickly. There was a lack of field testing on the concrete, which means the curation of the concrete was inconsistent and the anchors for the lift had bolts missing. Also, there was only one escape ladder. 51 men, one escape ladder? Hmm. OSHA cited the contractors with 10 willful, serious violations, which only resulted in $85,500 given to the victims' families. Now, this breaks down to a mere 1700 per victim. However, how this tragedy occurred was not agreed upon by everyone. The importance of regulatory agencies like OSHA are supposed to make sure construction companies obey the law and safety regulations because the lives of the workers are at stake. The contractor hired a private engineering firm, and their reports doubted the concrete theory and blamed the scaffolding method. OSHA was aware of problems with the scaffolding method as early as 1977. Documents were found that OSHA workers reported previously that scaffolding towers needed repair on site. The Willow Island disaster was the collapse of the cooling towers under construction at Pleasant Power Station at Willow Island, West Virginia, April 27, 1978. This is one of the worst construction disasters in United States history. It is our responsibility to hold these contractor companies accountable and protect the men and women who build our country. Safety should be preached within the trades. No one should have to risk their life, especially when the risk can be prevented. Make your voice heard. What do you think of Willow Island when trade tales continue? If you enjoy trade tales and would like to hear more from Sparky Life, please subscribe, write a review. It really helps us find other listeners like you. Thank you for joining us. If you felt a spark in today's episode, I invite you to write a review. I'd love to hear what lit you up. Take what resonates with you. And if you'd like to hear more of The Sparky Life, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Until next time, create the sparks in your life.